internet. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. I'm here with the crew today, and we are living in a post-Avengers endgame world. Today we're going to give you guys some theories, some thoughts, some ideas, and some discussions, some rumors, and some leaks on what the MCU is, or what direction, I should say, the MCU is planning on going in, in a post-Endgame and a post-Spider-Man uh, Far From Home world. We're going to talk about some of the implications of that trailer. We're going to talk about some of the implications of Mysterio in that trailer. And we're going to talk about a post-Ben Affleck Batman world. All the rumors about who's going to play Batman coming up next. First, I want to tell you guys, as always, to like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. we got a great feed over there bringing you all the best news in pop culture. Check out our Twitter feed. You can find us on Facebook. And as always, if you're looking for the podcast, look us up on Google Podcasts and in iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and you can find us there. Uh, so first off. Let's introduce the crew. As always, you guys know me as Jose, and I'm here joined by two of the big ones. Metatron. What's up, people? This is Walt. And I'm going to jump right into the geek outs of the week. Uh, you guys, I have been binging like crazy on The Expanse. Uh, that's original sci-fi show that moved over to Amazon Prime and is now being produced uh, by Amazon Prime for the fourth season. And I have been geeking out over that show fairly hard over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was introduced to me by a friend of mine. Uh, she's a big sci-fi fan, and she told me I need to check out The Expanse. I need to get through the first season, and that season two and three would be really freaking awesome. And so far, I have to agree. Um, it's a really good cast. Um, it's a really good sci-fi story that basically deals with um, a Earth of a, a couple hundred years in the future, or I guess our solar system in a couple hundred years in the future. Uh, Earth has colonized Mars, and there's a colony over there, basically, that's uh, always in a little bit of a clash with Earth, and a colony of what are called belters. Uh, basically, these are guys who went out to the asteroid belt and beyond, and they pull all the resources for Earth and Mars, um, and they live beyond the asteroid belt. They colonize beyond the asteroid belt. Um, but it's a really interesting show. There's a lot of great world building in it. Something that's really cool is that the Belters, um, for the historical reasons on the show, um, they all have a Creole accent, which is actually pretty weird. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty weird, but it's pretty interesting. I think it's a nice little detail. It's a nice little cultural detail. It's a nice way to give the, the show some real, real world kind of sociological, anthropological relevance and kind of dig into the future, see what would happen if we actually did colonize the rest of the universe in the future. Um, so I've been geeking out about it pretty hard. I'm almost done with season three. I'm about two or three episodes away. And if you guys have not checked it out, I would definitely recommend checking the show out. If you like sci-fi, um, it's it's definitely up there. One of the better sci-fi shows that I have seen in recent years. Like I said, I've been geeking out pretty hard about that. Uh, what about you guys? What have you guys been geeking out about over the last couple of weeks? Well, <clears throat> Finals have been skinning me alive, mm -hmm. but only now, and yes, I expect there to be a few laughs out there out on the internet, mm -hmm. only now, mm -hmm. when it is ending, as I am wont to do, uh, I have finally picked up Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're kind of like, you're like, you're like ASAP, basically. He's a little bit further along, but he waited until the last season to yeah, actually watch the show. ASAP already got into the last season, so he's... Uh, oh, he's flying through it, huh? I think I think the last time I spoke to him, he was at the long night. Really? Yeah. He's, he's right there. He's he's looking to finish it for this Sunday's episode. Wow. Finale. So How far, how far along are you? 
Uh, season one. Season one. <laughs> what episode are you on? You know, oh, I know you're not on the first episode because I saw a little bit of it earlier, but um, probably on like three or four at this point. I no, imagine, right? past that. Past that? Probably like seven. It's after the oh, one yeah. where I really liked when that guy had his face melted by gold. Oh, the, um, um, the series. The, yeah, the series. The series. When, when, uh, God, yeah. When freaking Aquaman, like, melted yeah. his head with gold. He, he gave him basically what's called the golden crown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to be king, right? Yeah. So he was like, okay, here's your crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was an awesome moment. He's a cool character in, in the first season so far. I don't know how far you've gotten, but you're going to wow. be interested in his outcome. For, for some reason, I thought he was there longer. He only lasted seven episodes. Oh well, I mean, who Viserys? Yeah, Viserys. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there for yeah, very for long. For some reason, I Not thought he was there seven longer. episodes. Well, probably I a little bit less. To, yeah. yeah, he probably wasn't in every episode, but I, for some reason, I thought he at least lasted into season two. All he I did was go, act, all he did was act like a creep for like two episodes and then get like brutally murdered by Cal Drogo. As as well. As well, he basically deserved. Wait until you see where this show goes over yeah, the next episode. I can't episodes. wait to talk to you about it after. The same thing with, with ASAP Balrog. I can't wait to talk to you guys about Game of Thrones. You especially because you're into drag Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like right up your alley, right? Yeah, it's like ASAP. Like we thought yeah, it was like I mean, of my thing's more of a Lord of the Rings side, you know? A what? My thing's more of a homemade, but... Yeah, but you know what? A lot of the themes in Game of Thrones probably lend itself well to Dungeons and Dragons, also, right? I could see that. Yeah. So, how do you like it so far? I think it's really good. The only two guys that I genuinely like mm-hmm. are what's his name, Jorah, so far. Oh, Jorah Mormont. Yep. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah. There's not a. I'm gonna give you a heads up. There's not a likable, a lot of likable characters in uh, Game of Thrones. Which yeah, is, I, I could see that. Which I, I could see that. Yeah. What I enjoyed about it. I mean, there there are likable characters in terms they're of very, like their characterization, but they're horrible people. Yeah, the horrible. at best they're morally gray. Yeah. Right. At best, that's probably the best you're gonna get is yeah. a character that's kind of morally gray. You know. Consider so, yourself lucky because. Walt over here spoiled the big reveal at the end of season one for me. I obviously won't tell you what it is, but he thought I had watched the first season. I did. He said I had seen the first couple of episodes. And he's like, oh, my God, did you see this happen? I was like, no! <laughs> Why? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you'll check it out. It's going to be a pretty awesome little little reveal, little twist. Um, I will say this. This actor tends to do this in anything that he's in, and I'll leave it at that. No, no, that, that's saying way too much. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> moving forward, don't worry. Exactly. Whatever he said, don't listen to what he just said. Just <laughs> never Tony, figure it out. Don't worry about He'll it. Never figure it. I can't tell you the actor because then that would no, make no, it no, obvious. No. You're saying too much. But I'll already. say that. You're saying too much I'll already. I'll leave it at that. You're saying too much already. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yes. Well, so continue. So how no. again? What are, what are your thoughts on Game of Thrones season one so far? So far. I haven't been able to stop watching. And okay. that's a rare feat to pull. I mean, it's not the rarest feat, but, like, I, I thought I had a little bit of a jade. I was like, oh, so everyone likes this. Okay, let's see how it is. Mm-hmm. And then after the first episode ended, I'm like, okay, I can <laughs> see where a lot of people might get entertained. Let's go to the second one. <laughs> second one goes on. All right. I'm a little more convinced. The third one. Okay, what's happening next? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, from the first season one of the characters that I enjoyed, even though he's also morally gray, was the character played by Mark Addy, Robert Baratheon, uh, the king, basically. I don't like 
I think he's funny. I like the actor. He's funny, but like <laughs> he's a doofus. But it's it's he's like he's he's so not fit to be king. But that's kind of what I like about you know. When, he's just a warrior in this. He just he just won the kingdom because he's a badass warrior, not mm-hmm. because he's fit to rule. But not yeah. even that. Like I thought that there was gonna be this whole grand scheme that because I got to the part where he died. Yeah. Right? Okay. By the he got gored by the boar. Yeah. Which is a I did way for not him to go, see right? that coming. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe oh they were already starting the Lannisters were already getting a little you know antsy about this. Mm-hmm. Did they do something? Oh, they got killed by a boar. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. Although, you'll see. There's a lot of great twists in the show. There's a lot of great places you don't think it's going to go. Um, the show is famous for that. You might already know that. Like, the show is famous for, like, big twists. So I already know a lot of the major stuff. Like, yeah, you know some of the some of the twists that happen, I guess? Jon Snow dies and comes back. I know yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has to know about that by now. That's almost like one of those details that are, like, It's pop culture at, at its biggest, so... You right. Know, Plus, it's hard to not know about that stuff. Right, and this is not spoiling it, but I feel like everybody that was watching it at that point was like, as soon as he was killed, they're like, yeah, he's gonna come back. We know he's gonna come back. Like, there were too many rumors, too much behind-the-scenes stuff that was hinting at him being on the show again, but we won't give it away beyond that, obviously. You already know the details, or sort of. We won't give away further details if there's anything else. So, um, what about you, Walt? What's your geek out? So, my geek out, I haven't had much time for geek outs, um, but we did see a movie last night. Mm-hmm. We saw John Wick 3. Don't I'm not going to spoil I it. Seen it. I know, I know. I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it. You know, I'm just going to give you my overall impressions, which I... From, so we went with a group, and mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's an interesting movie because it... it Obviously, it builds on the first two, mm-hmm. but from, it it's hard to explain how it is because it's just a series of, series of boss battles. Yeah, I figured that's going to be about right. Basically. It, it basically is that. It's just a series of, and they're very, very well done. I think the two favorite um, fights of mine were the knife scene and the dog fight scene. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. I heard about the you dog know? fight scene. A little dog bit. fight scene's amazing, so especially like the Halle dogs. Berry and her dog, and like they're trained and they do like crazy the, stuff. The yeah. dogs are amazing, and it's funny because Halle Berry actually trained those dogs. She did it herself. She did for the movie, and she also. A lot of like a dog like scales a wall or some craziness like that. <laughs> he didn't yeah, like that part. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> okay. He didn't like that part. No, I thought it was wrong. Too much it was doggy parkour. I don't understand what the problem is. Dogs can the do problem that is it's a dog. Like, you, know, you know how you know but how it's doggy parkour. No, but you know what though? Like I the reason I know this was because there was an article on on no, there's a video on YouTube. Like, can a dog actually yeah, like exactly. scale a wall? They can. They can. They can. There's a, there's a video of a dog running up a 30-foot wall, straight up a 30-foot wall. It's physics. All you got to do is get enough momentum, and you're, you're, on, you're on the way. And Plus, he's got dog, four, they crawl into the wall. And they have, four, they have four appendages to use it to go up. I can't believe we're talking about this. Look, but, you know, later on, <laughs> we're not going to do this now. We're going to show you the video later on that I have of a dog scaling a, a flat-faced 30-foot wall straight up. And then he, like, grabs something, and then his owner catches him. But he he runs up the wall. Dogs can do that. They actually and that do was that. not a thirty I know it foot wall. Surprising, that he, that but he, he was it was basically know? a two story story building. So at best <laughs> he was like maybe doing ten to sixteen feet. Yeah. It's totally plausible, or like probably like twenty feet. But like still, it's not like running up a thirty foot wall. No. Anyway, yeah, no matter. But, but <laughs> apparently we know what part of the movie yeah. you didn't like. 
the part that, even though it is realistic, well, it's funny. seems like it defies the laws of physics. Because the people that I went with really didn't like the movie all that much. Yeah. You know, they, they felt that the, and, and I can see where their criticisms were, because they felt a lot of the, the fight scenes were too similar in the type of moves that they were using. There's a lot of judo throws and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, they were, they were taken out of that. I actually enjoyed that part. You well, know did you saying? go with like? Um, did you go with with, um, with Gabe and them, or no? Gabe, uh, Wolfie didn't come, yeah. so um, it was just us, us four, and we went with Hafa. Oh, Hafa okay. and his family, and they, they were kind of disenchanted with the whole thing. Yeah, you know, like I said, it has to. It, it's gonna. It's gonna check off a certain type of movie that you want to watch. If you're big into action, you are going to love this movie. If you're big into martial arts, you're going to love this movie. Mm -hmm. If you're, if that's not your thing, like I said, it's just a series of boss battles. So, you know, there's, there's some story, but how much story is there? You, you know, how much was there in the first two? <laughs> but no, but they did a lot of world building in the first two. Especially when it came to the continental yeah. and stuff like that. Well, not so but, watching this one. No, because at this this is just him trying to get away from every freaking assassin in the world. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's a boss battle every you know the entire time, yeah. right? And they're not short battle, not short fights either. They're like at least five to ten, maybe fifteen minutes long. <laughs> okay. So you're getting a lot of stuff there, you know. I mean, that's what I'm going there for. That's like like you said. If you look, if, if you're going to see a Keanu Reeves movie. And it's not an action movie. It's gonna suck. Okay, yeah, exactly. like that's just how it works. Unless yeah. it's like, I mean, sometimes you can get away with it. Like, like uh, well, he's not. He's the not advocate that was, bad. Was good. Yeah, he's not that bad. I had this conversation with somebody the other day because, to me, it's interesting how Keanu Reeves is as an actor. He he's very expressive. He's actually a very good actor when it comes to his mannerisms, when it comes to his facial expressions. Which is all he, this. Then he opens his mouth, and that's. Unfortunately, that's kind of what ruins him in a lot of movies because he sounds like a typical like California surfer dude. Well, he doesn't talk much in this movie, so you're going to be good with this. I, I even you know? said to somebody, like, if you can find the right role for this man where he doesn't say much and he's just kind of brooding for the whole damn movie, he could be like like a Dark Horse Oscar winner in something. Not go. this movie. <laughs> Not this movie, but no, I feel like... But, but he broods and, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't talk much. He grunts a lot, you know. Yeah. It's like, so, you know. He's got to be an action movie. He's got to be playing Ted from Bill and Ted. Um, because action movies, what? Speed, The Matrix. But you know they're making a new John movie, Wick, right? New Matrix movie, right? No, and a new Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, new Bill and Ted. I know. Do you yeah. know what the plot about that is supposed to be? I, um, I know that it's happening. I don't know what it's about. From what I understand, the basic plot of the new Bill and Ted movie is like obviously they're older. It's like a little bit further to the future, but there's apparently a song of theirs. They go back in time, don't they? I don't know about that. Oh, but I don't know. All, okay. all I know is that they're writing a song, and that song is going to save the like save the universe. If they don't, if they when they finish writing it, right? well, it's they like a tenacious D type. Thing. That's <laughs> what I was thinking too. It's like the pick of destiny, basically. Exactly, like, okay. like a tribute music video. That um, works. But like, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely go see that because Bill and Ted, everybody wants to see that stuff. But like, yeah, Keanu Reeves. What else? Uh, Scanner Darkly was not bad. He didn't say much in that movie, right? That was that um, like trippy sci-fi movie. That did was you like, like Constantine? Rotoscope. I like Constantine too. See, because he doesn't he doesn't say a whole lot in those movies. He just he's that he plays that character that he kind of needs to play, like that brooding role. That that serves him better in a lot of movies because he's like yeah he's not a bad actor but like I don't know like I said just when he opens his mouth that kind of ruins his ability to like he, get an Oscar he's or something like he's that. an actor that needs a specific type of role yeah in order to shine exactly he's not he's not an, an he's an, not very versatile right right I mean he 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 does but you know I think everything is colored by you know the whole um, 
Bill and Ted, you know, all, all those older, <laughs> everybody can't seem to take their minds out of the whole surfer dude thing. You know what I'm saying? Even in the Matrix, it's like, well, like all the yeah. stuff that he says is you know? very much like, Surfer dude stuff. Yeah, he's he's not. I mean, listen, he's he's carved out a really nice career. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like Henry. Yeah, yeah so do I. But you know, he's not the guy that's going to remake. Um, I, I don't know a, a classic or anything like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's that, that's not him. You it's know, not like Michael Keaton's character in Birdman, where he's going to put a play on Broadway or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, his career. He's not doing Green Mile. He's not doing Shawshank yeah. Redemption. That's not his style of movie. This this works perfectly for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm interested in seeing it, so I'm probably gonna go see it. Listen, I had this a week blast. Next week. Me personally, I had a blast. I can't speak for everybody else that was with me, but again, this is my type of movie. I like seeing martial arts, and I I can appreciate the fact that these guys did 90 percent of their own stunts. Yeah, you know what I'm that saying. That reminds me too, because you know one of the reasons, and this is out outside of his acting ability, but one of the other reasons I like Keanu Reeves is honestly because you hear he's like one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Oh yeah, uh, and he's it? had a tough time. Yeah, he's had a tar, a terrible yeah, life. Yeah, yeah a girlfriend horrible. that died when he was younger or something yeah. like that. Like bad, bad stuff happened to him. But there's a story that I always think about from The Matrix. Apparently, like he donated like seventy-five or ninety percent of yeah, his salary yeah, 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 to yeah, the yeah. stuntmen from the Matrix. Yes. He's like, these guys are the ones that made this movie awesome. Not me, mm-hmm. not anybody else. And it's true because you watch the Matrix about all the awesome martial arts, about all the awesome wire foo. He does some of that certainly. You give him some credit for the stunts that he does do. Yeah, he's he like, you guys deserve this because like you made this movie amazing. He did know? a he did a crash course in kung fu for that movie. Yeah, um, yeah. but ever since then he is uh, I believe he's a blue belt in BJJ right now. I can't. Yeah, so, you can imagine that he has to be with like all the cool martial yeah, arts and, he does in his movies and stuff that he does in John Wick. And I would tell you go watch uh, the, the the YouTube uh, his training, gun training, I've fight seen, training. I've seen that. Halle Berry. Halle Berry too, where she exactly. they do those obstacle courses. Have you seen that meta? Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. They show them like. They've got like all these barricades and targets, and they're just like pulling out different guns. Like he pulls out the assault rifle, yep. and then when that runs out of ammo, he pulls out the pistol. Like all the stuff he does in the movie, basically, you see him training for like those quick movements. Another thing I like about these movies too is that like there's a there's a sloppiness to the fights, but it's like a, it's like a it's like an intentional sloppiness. It's like they're like they're tired or they're beat up. They're not superheroes. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's they, what I like about when they get hurt. They get hurt, right? And that that. Injury carries them throughout the entire movie. Right. Even, even sometimes, like, he'll flip a guy and you'll see him, like, take a moment to get up instead of, like, getting up and ready to kick the next oh, guy's there, ass. You know, like, there's a lot cool. of that. There's a I lot like of that, that in this movie. So you're going to you're gonna enjoy this movie. You know, I like that. I like that. It's like the Daredevil fight scene in the hallway when, like, you see the fatigue and all that. It's that's why I like these movies you, anyway. You, so that you're going to like this movie because there's sure. a lot of that. I like the first two. Like, I've been trying to get some friends of mine to see it, and that's that's when I had the Keanu Reeves as an actor conversation. <laughs> but moving on, guys, let's talk about what I think is the first. Uh, but but be- before we do that, wait, wait, wait. I, I do want to say one thing. What? One thing. Speak it out. I wasn't the only one that liked uh, John Wick three because apparently a lot of other people did like John Wick three. Mm-hmm. It's actually the dethroned. Avengers Endgame from the top of the box office this year. Get this, out of here. This, this week. Week, yeah. sorry. 50 million yep. or something like that, right? No. Uh, 56.8 million. Mm-hmm. Endgame earned 29.4. So there was a new king in town. For okay, now. but we're For still now. not beating more Billy. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Ah, absolutely not. <laughs> Never. If this hits maybe 200 million uh, or 300 million worldwide, it'd be a success. This is not even coming close to a billion. This is not 
that type of movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't see it going that. High. I mean, the, the last couple didn't really make anywhere near that much money. They were no, just this is the good hit. This is the one that made the most out of the the previous. Out of the, yeah, out of the, all the other ones. I don't think they expect this movie to be as big of a hit as it was. And well, I they think, were kind of happy with the, res- the result. I think they were looking at a forty-five to fifty million. Uh, domestic oh, Hume. You know what? I, I should one. rephrase that. I think this series, I should say, that's what I oh, yeah. meant. Like John Wick One. I don't think they expected it to be as successful as it was, and then well, this, it this, was, and here we are. This may continue. They yep. set it up beautifully. Well, I mean, they, and, they have the show coming out too. The Continental. The Continental. Yep. So um, you have the show, mm-hmm. and you have possibilities for other movies. And they've uh, already said they've already said the director and Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. um, they're willing to do it. So, you know. I might as well, especially if this one is making the most amount of money. I would like to see the story continue. I mean, I haven't seen it, but like I've enjoyed all the movies I, so far think, for what they are. I think what needs to be done is they they got to get back into um, the world building again, you know, because That's what the um, Continental will be for, though, if you think about it, right, a lot right, of that all come from there. But you don't want to get too much companion between TV show and movie. That's a lot for people to take it, in. It is, and and you can't you can't. One of the the problems that Star Wars has is you can't um, have a, a, the shows building in canon and stuff and then expect the people in the movies to know that stuff right you know and that's why that's one of the biggest problems with endgame why they didn't include the the netflix marvel's characters because they had considered that apparently but Mm -hmm. yeah that just gets into like way too crazy territory which is the reason why all we like you said earlier all we got was jarvis basically um from the tv show he he had to be there though he he Uh, really had to be because of his role with howard stark i guess and with agent carter because he was yeah. he was an integral part of the Agent Carter TV show. Oh, okay. So Agent Carter and Jarvis they were a team. So he had to be in that movie. Okay. You know, if you're gonna put Agent Carter in there, you had to put in Jarvis. Right. So uh, moving back along, uh, the big news this week is the very very likely a very possible casting of Robert Pattinson as Pattinson as Batman. Uh, <laughs> Batinson. Batinson. You see Robert Battenson in my eyes, uh, and the the much more unlikely but still possible casting of Nicholas Holt as Batman. Meta, I want to get your opinion on this first. What do you think about either of these guys being Batman? Do you hate it? Do you see another possibility? Do you see something better? What are your thoughts on Pattinson? Battenson? Well, all right. Here's the thing. Okay, I know there's a lot of flack, at least with me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it isn't really flack, but I guess the main, uh, it's really hard to, to put it into words. Like, what I at least most know him for is his hand in the Twilight series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everybody knows yeah. him for. Yeah, so, and but on the contrary, I've heard good things about him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Could this possibly jade his coming into being the Batman? Maybe. Were you but, the, the Twilight, the previous Twilight stuff for you, jade, making it a little jaded, or no, like in in general, me? As long as he's good, mm-hmm. he certainly looks the part. I'm gonna give him that. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Then fine. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Nicholas Holt, though, for me, he doesn't look the part. He's yeah. I I. I kind of have to agree with that. Um, what do you think? Okay, so let me break it down, I guess, into a little bit more detail if you can give me a little bit more of an answer to this. Because I think that it's, it's to me, it's kind of good to break down what you think of the actor both as Batman and Bruce Wayne, right? 
So what do you think? Can you break it down for me in like in a little more detail? What you think he brings to the character of Batman, like in the costume and what he brings to the character of Bruce Wayne? Because they're really very separate characters in a lot of the movies, if you think about it. Uh, you know, the, the, that, the, the Bruce Wayne persona is actually kind of the mask. It always kind of has been in Batman, right? That's like not yeah. really who he is. So what, do you, what are your thoughts? What do you think of him as the two sides of that character? I could see him doing a really uh, Pattinson. I'm talking about Pattinson. Mm -hmm. I could see him doing the the Bruce Banner part really. I mean Bruce, Bruce Banner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is he gonna die? Ah. <laughs> oh, no. The Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I'm part. always angry. Science. But um, as Batman, um, I. To be to be perfectly honest, I'd need to see more of his work mm. to make a, a a very clear judgment. Because to be honest, I I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt. But as long as I'm not expecting a Christian Bale I'm Batman type of voice. I was gonna address that actually, but go ahead. Uh, that was kind of a point I was gonna make. But say more, please. As long as. I can genuinely believe that it's Batman, I'll take it. But the whole, I mean, it would be nice to have the sort of grovelly voice, but you know, we haven't always needed the grovelly voice. Look at the Arkham Knight games. Yeah. You didn't need it there. There were points where he clearly sounded like himself, but even when he was Batman, he still retained that part of his voice well, without needing the actual change. Well, the Arkham, the Arkham games has Kevin Conroy from the animated series, don't they? Like, yes. Yeah. So see, because he played the role really well, the voice was just maybe a little bit more booming as Batman, but it really didn't change. Right. That's kind of what I like about how he brought that, that voice to the character. Um, to, to kind of piggyback off that, here's what I think. I, first of all, I think if he were smart, he's got to stay away from that like Christian Bale, like Batman, like <laughs> grunting voice, because that's not going to work for Robert Pattinson at all. I think he's better served. You know who's a good comparison for me? I think he's going to be the most Michael Keaton Batman since Michael Keaton. That's how I see it, because when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, people went bonkers. They hated it. They hated his casting of Batman. And then, obviously, when everybody saw the movie, they were like, how did we not know that he would be so perfect for this? So, like, to jump off of what you're saying, okay? So here's how I kind of see it. I kind of – I'm a little on the fence with about it, actually, because it's kind of hard to say – or it's kind of hard to separate Robert Pattinson, like you said, from Twilight. And I did get dragged to see one of those movies. Um, I got dragged to see the first one. I didn't Ugh. see any of the other ones after that. It's an awful freaking movie. All the sparkly vampire stuff, like, drives me freaking nuts. Um, Sorry. He's not the problem with it. Right, he's been in other stuff. He's been in one of the Harry Potter movies. Actually, he was a character in. That's uh, where he started. Actually. Yeah, in, in the in the, I have some of his stuff here. He was in the Goblet of Fire. And he, yeah, he died. Right, he was killed off. I think in one of them. Mm -hmm. um, oh. so he he died in Harry Potter. He was good in that. He was actually a very like pivotal character for as long as he was around. But he's done a lot of other great movies. Like there's a movie that's out right now called High Life. It's like this movie about him, like in outer freaking space. But like ever since then, ever since Twilight, he's made a couple of critically acclaimed movies like Cosmopolis, mm -hmm. The Lost City of Z, Water for Elephants was actually fairly well reviewed, The Rover, like what he's done to kind of, oh, Maps of the Stars apparently is another one that he did really well, Little Ashes. Um, those are the ones that I know that I've heard he did really, really well in. And to be fair, 
you know, I haven't seen him in a lot of these movies either, but like I've been a little obsessed with seeing how he would do in the role, and I've seen some clips. And here's what I see in, in terms of the characterization that he might bring to Batman that I like. I think he's got enough of that like that ability to be like sort of a deeply unhinged character. Because if you see some of his roles, there's a damage to some of his roles that fits really well with the Bruce Wayne character, right? Because Bruce Wayne, I mean, he's nuts. I think yeah. we all kind of agree on that. That's kind of always been, or that's been the point of Batman ever since like uh, Dark Knight. Well, just, since he was became the Dark Knight character. Just look at Christian Bale's. Um, he he had a, a line in Batman Begins. He's like clearly a guy that walking around in a bat suit clearly doesn't have all, all <laughs> of it. You know, I, I can't even I can't remember the exact line, but he even referenced it in it. The guy has to be crazy to be running around in a bat suit. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> you can look at Michael Keaton in the original Batman he was movie, bonkers. And that one scene that you always remember, where uh, the Joker shows up at Vicky Vale's house, I think it is. Yeah, and he's like, like, like uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne threatens the Joker. He's like, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts!" <laughs> and that was that moment where you got like the crazy Bruce Wayne thing going on. And he got right? knocked out in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, he right? got knocked out like, right after that. <laughs> you know? He was probably like part of his plan a little bit i guess but yeah um at the same time like i, I feel like I yeah he is slightly all. unhinged <laughs> we have to so. kind of review all of this maybe so we can see how he's going to compare it to battinson but if, i mean again Pattinson. it's not confirmed but um and you know i just want to mention this too i agree with you i don't think nicholas holt is at all correct for this part i like nicholas holt i think he's a really really good actor i love yeah, him in, in x-men um he was awesome in, in mad max fury road um, everything that I've seen him in, I've enjoyed him. Wasn't he in that zombie movie also? Which one? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was in the zombie movie once. I can't remember the name of it. Let's see. I'm curious to see what you're talking about. It, but it was a, it was like a romantic comedy, horror comedy. Yeah, I thing. know which one. Where he falls in love with a girl who's alive, but he's, he's alive. a zombie. He's dead. Oh, warm bodies. There warm you bodies. go. There yeah, I haven't go. seen that. I heard that was good too. Yeah. Um, but see, so like getting back to Robert Robert Pattinson. Um, there's a certain amount of, like, I think, understated kind of, like, quiet damage he can bring to the Bruce Wayne character. What I will say is, please, Matt Reeves, we don't need to see his origin story again. Please, just skip it. Everybody knows how Batman becomes Batman. Take a page from Spider-Man Homecoming and get past it. We don't need 10 or 20 minutes of young Bruce Wayne and figuring out how he got there. That will take away from the movie for me. But... So, like, the Bruce Wayne character, okay? I think, like I said, he brings this 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 sort of gravitas to it that can be really, really cool. I'm a little more on the fence with the Batman because I can see him playing the character well, but like I said, it really depends on how he characterizes it. If he tries to do this gruff Christian Bale crap, I think it's going to fall really, really flat. But I think he has to be more of a, like a, like a, a Batman that doesn't say much and just acts. In order for him to really bring like a, a fearful aspect to the Batman, I agree and, with that. And I will say one more thing: the rumor has been so far. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I don't know if you've seen this meta also. Like that, Matt Reeves wants to to actually focus really for the first time in a movie on the world's greatest detective aspect of Batman. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, if you Robert Pattinson brings that sort of quiet, like brooding, like like fear to the character. He can also really roll in the world's greatest detective stuff really well, because um, I can I don't know it's it's a random image, but I can see him like you know with the with the cowl off in the back cave, like with just the, the costume on, like sitting at the back computer and like 
doing some cool detective work. I can see like him going to a crime scene or something like that. And like trying to figure out like where the villain is based on like the stuff that happened there. I can see him pulling off some detective detective stuff really well. But again, like, I mean, yeah, also he has to bulk up a little bit. I mean, he's, I, I he's was, not, he's not super skinny, but he definitely has to get a I was bigger. Actually looking that right up right Cause now. Cause he's tall. He is like he's over six, six feet. Yeah. He's got the height for he's it. He's 165 pounds. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. He needs to get amount of weight. It's like, and, and that's, Christian Bale was like six foot, 200 pounds, but he bulked up for that. Yeah. That's he what I'm saying. He bulked up ridiculously for that and that, that's the thing that i was kind of I, I wanted to ask you because you, you're into this thing with the batman stuff i totally 100 agree that uh -huh. batman needs to shut up yeah i don't think he needs I, to say that you much. don't need to say if, if you're going to be that dark shadowy figure you don't need to talk yeah mm -hmm. my concern is does he have that physicality does he have that you know the that gravitas as as a uh, as just the figure of Batman. I think you know what I'm saying because he's got the height he'll be able to build away. I okay. I hope so. I see. My problem I mean, is I, I can't get away from. And this is the problem when you ca when you cast well known actors in these superhero roles mm -hmm. because you're always going to think of what they've done prior, and that's why The Rock didn't work well for Shazam because I think he his his thing is so big mm -hmm. you've seen rock so many places that you can't separate the rock from the character you mean like when he's going to be in black adam as, right as black adam at black adam well, you I, know, I, I, I really hate to see it, i want to see I think it. it i think it might actually be good but like but but we'll when you when you're when you're seeing him on screen, what do you think about? It? You're seeing the yeah. Rock. You're see, like, you <laughs> don't see Black Adam. You see the Rock. You're gonna be smelling what you the Rock is like, right? Because when we were watching Shazam, I was like, "Look, it's the Rock!" Exactly. There he is. And, and see, <laughs> that's kind of my point. When you when you cast these larger than life characters, right? Yeah. It you have a tendency of going back and saying, "Hey, that's the Rock." Yeah. Not, "Hey, it's Black Adam." Yes. And so with him, and maybe this is just me. I can't get away from the Twilight character. It's like Tom you know Cruise in The Last Samurai. Yeah, it, it, it for me it just doesn't work. I when I see him, I see the Twilight, uh -huh. and and for me the Twilight Saga, I, I'm sorry, I hated it. I, <laughs> I saw I saw the first movie, and I'm like, oh God. those are two hours that I'm never gonna get back of you know from my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think what we need to do is, <laughs> I I can't I can't. <laughs> so look. Here's my strategy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this going into Batman and seeing sparkling vampire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for me. So that's I'm gonna the see problem. Him stopping a car with one hand, and like listen, to save right. Bella or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Is. And I have no. And I, I listen. I'm gonna be the first to say I haven't seen any of his other work. I think and that's I've the key. heard. I've heard. We have to great things about him, but I can't divorce myself from the fact that he's in freaking Twilight. I think I you think what that's what we, I think that's the strategy. I like. Oh, he's just. I think Cosmopolis. He plays like kind of a rich playboy, so that might be a good way to see what he's going to do with with. No, you look at the pictures the and Bruce Wayne and, character. You know, I was about to say Bruce Willis. What's wrong with us today? Like, <laughs> you can't get the right Bruce on this. There is one picture of him, and it's like you know when when I see that I can, but then I see this. Yeah, no, he's skinny. I see. I no, but, but not even that. I see the pale white vampire that he plays. <laughs> And that's the thing that's seared in my head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't get past. It. But there's a picture of him that I saw, and he had He's like a the shaved glasses head. and the messed up hair. No, oh, he had a shaved head, head, and he was looking. He was kind of looking over the. There show. you go. That's that's. Oh, the one I can that see. I can't stand it. that, bro. <laughs> I can't. 
There's you know? there, yeah, we're looking at some pictures of him on See? Google, and there's like a pale ass photo. Of there's him. a photo of him, like oh, this, yeah, with but, short he's hair. Looking, but he's looking over his shoulder and he looks badass, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, we I go watch, back, we have to like watch some of his movies outside. And I of see Twilight. this, well, yeah, he looks super pale in that one. He, he looks more like the freaking Joker, he like, looks like he's got Batman lipstick on, one. you know what I'm saying? I think, I think he did actually, oh, but I, we I, can you know, try our best. To so get so that's that's kind of my problem with, with the casting of it, you know, and and. Like I said, I I can see him doing a very good Bruce Wayne, you know, mm-hmm. because of Bruce Wayne, he needs to be dapper, he needs to be suave, he needs to be that playboy billionaire guy, right? So I can see him doing a pretty good Bruce Wayne. I'm having a hard time seeing him as a Batman. And this is an early Batman. He's actually yeah. the youngest Batman to play, the youngest actor to play Batman. Because he's thirty one, yeah, I and mean, I think Christian Bale was, like was thirty three. He was like thirty three when he had the role. Yeah, so well, he would be the second. What like he's British, right? So he'd be the second because Christian Christian Bale is also yeah, he's British. British. So yep. like I guess we're getting away from Americans playing Batman now because you you have Ben Affleck in between, but it's like no, we're going to go back to a British guy. <laughs> we're going to go back to this British dude and see what he can do. And Nicholas Holt is British too, right? So yes, yes. Like no matter what, or, it seems like see, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're like not from here. Yeah, some some foreigners, guys. They're not from, kidding. from America. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, if I were Matt Reeves and you guys can tell me what you think, man, I don't know, like, maybe you can give me an opinion on this. If I were the director, I think your best bet is in order to, like, kind of roll him into the Batman role, like I said, you keep him from being, you know, obviously he has to speak every once in a while, but you keep him from having, from expressing himself too much as Batman. Like, a lot of it is going to be his actions. A lot of it is going to be like in his facial expressions. A lot of it is going to be his body language. And I think if you give him sort of like a little bit more of even that Batman, like coming out of the dark mysteriousness, staying in the dark, right? You're framing him in the dark relatively constantly. You can roll people into this idea that he's a good Batman. The way that they did it. It's almost like the less you um, see him. (laughs) The way that they did it in, um, what was it? Uh, Batman versus Superman. That initial scene, right? Where mm-hmm. he was, he was kind of the guy in the shadows, yeah. and the cops were coming in, and he was up on in the corner on the ceiling and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That kind of boogeyman type of thing. Um, I'm gonna walk something back because Pattinson is actually 33. Christian Bale was 31. Oh, so he's gonna be the so, second youngest. Yeah, so Christian Bale was actually the youngest. Okay. Pattinson will be the second youngest. Yeah, it's kind of. He looks so baby faced. You kind of don't even realize like how old he is at this point. Twilight came out like. About ten years ago now, I think it's been a long time since that movie is out. Because I saw that like with a with an ex girlfriend from like ten years ago. She's the one who dragged me to go see it. So he's been around for a while. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know, do you have any other thoughts on your opinion of the Batman versus the Bruce Wayne that he's going to play? And I have one more question too, because there's been some rumors about who the villain is going to be. Uh, um, villains. What's that? Villains. Villains. Well, I know about. Well, let me let me rephrase that. There's some rumor about at least who one of the villains is going to be and who is very likely to play him. Uh, being the Penguin is one of the villains that I've heard is possible and being played by Josh Gad. Do you know who Josh Gad is? He's been I he's been he's been uh, he's a pretty good actor and he's been around. Oh, for he's a one while. of my favorite guys. He's uh he's Olaf from Frozen. But his this what? is what he looks like. Your favorite movie, Frozen. <laughs> your... Oh oh god. <laughs> Olaf. I thought you said Count Olaf for a second. I'm like, he was in unfortunate events. No, and no, then no, no, that no. word frozen came into the sentence. Olaf. This dude. Jesus. Yes. He was also in Beauty and the Beast. Josh Gad. 
He's been in some pretty good movies. He's a good actor. I can what? see him playing he's a pretty been, good penguin. He's, been, a penguin. He's, been, uh, he's been asking for that role for quite a while. Oh, it's it's him really pushing for yeah, it? Yeah, he's been pushing on it on Instagram and stuff for quite a while. I can see so, that. What would you guys uh, think? Like the, guy the, the other one is uh, the other person that is, well, the other villain that's rumored to be in there Catwoman. is Catwoman. Catwoman? Yes. Any, does anybody know if there's any kind of casting that has been rumored behind that? Not that I'm aware of. Nothing. Okay. Again, these are just rumors. Yeah, all of it is rumored. Um, but... So we don't know for certain. But, you know, I listen, I, Batman has a, a, a better... He's got one of the best rogue galleries in comics. Yeah. Him and Spider-Man. That's why they're arguably, so popular. Right. Him and you Spider-Man know? arguably has the best rogue cal- character. Rogue characters. I can't speak to them. Rogue's gallery, gallery. What the heck? Rogue's <laughs> gallery of characters. <laughs> I can't speak one to that. shot you had oh just my basically gosh. threw you off entirely. What, what, what was in that? It's whiskey, man. It's whiskey? How much, how, how, how much proof 90 is proof. it? 90, 90 proof. It's a little stronger than your standard whiskey. Which ah, is usually see? Proof. I can't even see what's <laughs> going on. That's how drunk he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm flat out drunk right now, people. It's, it's 94 94. Proof. See, that so four extra is making the difference. This is the reason why I can't talk today. I don't know why. So why can't Meta? Like, why Rogues. did you confuse Bruce Banner earlier? You haven't had anything to drink. It's just coming off my pores. That's <laughs> well, what it is. Hashtag you know? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag so Batman has an excellent rogues gallery of characters. I got through the sentence. We did it. Yes. Podcast over, guys. All right. See ya, people. Thanks. So anyway, um, why do we have to go back to Penguin and Catwoman? We've yeah. seen it done before. We've seen them together in the same movie before. Exactly. You, you know, you have... Plus, plus... I'm actually more excited about the Hush animated movie that's coming out. Oh, interesting. Because that and that has all of them in there. It has Lizard. It has... I'm Pain. sorry, Lizard. Now we're going no, to No, 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 Lizard. Um, Killer, Killer Croc. Croc. Killer Croc. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I think I'm going to back out. <laughs> <laughs> we're <know>? done. We're <laughs> done. Killer Croc. There's, there's, there's such a, there's a lushness to his rogues gallery. Why do you have to keep going back to the same thing? It's kind of like the problem that Spider Man has in the movies. You keep going back to Doc Ock. You keep mm-hmm. going back to, you know, all the same guy Goblin, Goblin and stuff like that. They that have was a so much, so many Goblin, more. So you know, um, do something different. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I'll say this much, and then I don't know if you want to give your opinion on possibly like. Um, you know, casting of Josh Gad. Uh, but if you go back to the the Penguin and the Catwoman, the last time that they did those characters, the actors that they picked could not have been more perfect for the roles. Danny DeVito as the Penguin? <laughs> that is true. Come on. He was born to play. Like He's like Patrick Stewart as Professor X. <laughs> he was born to play that role. And Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman? I like Dan Hathaway. But she was no Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And good God, Halle Berry, I don't even want to talk about that train wreck, the Catwoman movie that she made a few years ago. What, what like do you have any other thoughts maybe on like those two villains? And I'll say well, let me say this much, I'll give my opinion. I'm a little on the fence about Josh Cat because he's a good actor, but I don't know how sinister he can be. And the the the, the, the penguin has to have kind of an air of like aristocracy, right? Because he's a rich or he, he was born rich. He was outcast, but a big part of his character is still he identifies as like upper class. But he's still got this sinister streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Danny DeVito played it so well because he was so 
creepy in that movie. Like the makeup, like the black stuff in his mouth, his dirty teeth. Like fish. there was something sinister. Yeah, eating freaking raw fish. That might be a little bit much, but that was still pretty cool. From what you know about Josh Gad, which is frozen, do you think he can be sinister enough in this role? I think he could pull it off. You think he could pull it I off? I think he could pull it off. You know, the, the he's isn't he, isn't he like classically trained or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I've only only seen him in a couple of things. He was in um, also Murder on the Orient Express, that movie that came out a couple of years ago with like Brandon. He was he was in Beauty and the Beast. He was good in that. Yeah. Oh, he was in he was in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yes, he was. What, who, who did he play? Oh, he, he was, was the, he was the guy that was in love with Gaston. Yeah. You know oh, they had. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't yeah. know he was. I didn't know that was a thing. Secretly in love, I guess. If you want to want to go there, I, I don't know. Um, he. Yeah, I, I think he can pull it off. Um, he's he's one of those. It's interesting. These these guys. He's a comedian and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Com comedians can get into that dark place very quickly. That's true. You, know? you have like a Robin Williams who did some dark roles that were so mm -hmm. good when he started to do Jim that in his career. Jim Carrey. So um, I think I think he if he can reach movies. down in there and and do that, I think he can pull it off. And like I said, he's been he's been petitioning. For this, like forever, you know what I'm saying? The minute that the Batman movie came out, he was like, "Dude, I want to be, I want to be Penguin. I want to be Penguin." Um, I, I think he can pull it off, but you know, I, I haven't. Again, he's another guy I haven't seen enough of his work, so um, yeah. And I haven't seen him in a serious role, so I can't, I can't tell you definitely or not. I'll throw a question out there: If you didn't want to see Penguin and Catwoman as the villains, who would you guys want to see? Deathstroke, damn it! I was thinking the same thing. Put it up here, man. We gotta let him hear. God, I think that would be a good idea because they I think even got that guy for uh, Batman v Super. Yeah, he's, he would be good too. Let's, let's um, what's Joe name? Mangiello. Joe, Joe Mangiello. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he was gonna play God, a good man. character for that. And I think if you're really highlighting not only like his combat skills, but his like world's greatest detective skills. I think Deathstroke is probably a good antagonist for that movie. Because he's also a very calculating yeah. type killer. Exactly. He's and the thing TV about show. it too is, oh, he's getting his own TV show with Joe, Joe Maginella. No, 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 no. He's getting an app. There's an animated form oh. coming on CWC. I want my action, so damn it. The <laughs> only thing about that that gets, that makes it a little bit tougher is that at least in recent years, a lot of his, his, his roles have been tied to like the younger Justice League, Young Justice, or the Teen Titans. Like he's an antagonist for no, them no, a lot. No, no, but that's what I, I heard. Oh, I heard that started. they wanted to oh. save him for like those movies when they do come out too. So I don't know if that's really a consideration. But I actually agree with you. I think he would make a good villain for the Matt Reeves Batman. Um, I I thought about this too, and I'm on the fence about this one. I think it might be good. It might be not. Um, maybe the Riddler as a villain for this one, but the reason I'm on the fence about it is because you might not be able to highlight so many of his detective skills because the Riddler's very blatant. He leaves so many clues. What do you guys think? Um, okay, here's my thing, and I know that I said this before. We've already seen villains um, before. Let's move on to a different villain, but I think if you're going to do Batman in his greatest detective form, you've got to get the guy that taught him. And I think the best villain, if you're going to go back and retell the Batman thing, you got to bring Raj Al Ghul back. That was another one that I thought might be a good place to go. To. And and I know that I said that I don't want to see a villain that I've already seen. But if you're talking Batman and detective, 
that's where I think you need to go because Rajal Ghul, Batman was one of his students in, in the comics, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that he learned was from him. And to have that interplay between teacher and student, I think would be fascinating on the scene. I I agree that that would be another good solid one, but it's also kind of like you're saying, like, we've like seen he's saying the Riddler, bringing that one back. I thought of one because I was looking at the Rogues Gallery. This one's a little bit out there, but what do you guys think? Maybe Hugo Strange could play a pretty good villain. Hugo Strange is a pretty cool villain. He's really, really smart. Mm-hmm. He could play like kind of a good foil for this first movie. And if you characterize him well, they don't make him too corny and they get the right person to play the role. That might be a good villain that hasn't really seen much exposure. I mean, not in the movies at all. He was a good character in like Batman the Animated Series, but you don't see him beyond that. That might be another one that might be pretty good. What, why, and since we're in the, into Batman, why don't we, instead of talking about villains, why don't we talk about storylines? Why don't they adapt the Court of Owls storyline? possible too that would be that would be pretty interesting because again that's something that you know you can kind of lean into the detective thing the shadowy you know um conspiracy conspiracy group Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that kind of you know tate is is behind the scenes running stuff you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying him trying to figure out what it is i think that's a good way to bring out that those detective skills that you're you're talking about. Yeah, that was you know? one of the most more recent stories where his detective skills were really challenged because he had no idea what was going on. Exactly, initially. you know. That's actually a pretty good idea. So I, I would I would say if he wrote it, Matt Reeves. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll write it for you. If there you, you want go. Because Ben Affleck ain't gonna do it no more. No, I'm guessing you need the help. Um, what do you think about that? Like quarter hours, it looks like you were a little piqued by that. That's actually pretty interesting. And while I know we're supposed to be leaning on the world's greatest detective thing, I also want some fight. Oh, yeah. Well, some I think genuine we'll see fight. That. And what the Court of Owls does is not only does it give that world's greatest de- detective thing, but you also have that nice fight with that character talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can bring a lot of the great stuff that we like about Batman to the forefront. The Court of Owls like, kind of operating in the shadows. So you can have that dark, brooding Batman yeah. jumping out and fighting people, silhouette fights. Like Battinson doing his best to really fill the cow, and and, and so if you speak. look at it, it's a good way for uh, Batman to grow as a character because you know his initial thing is that he's he's doing this because you know he wants justice and and you know it's it's revenge for his father and stuff, and this is kind of a good way to jade him for the Batman that he does become because now you know he's he's under the impression that everything is good and stuff and now he realizes that there's this organization that's been running everything and stuff that he had that, no idea that he had, exactly <laughs> it's kind of like pulling the rug under his feet at that point and it's a good way to lean in toward the batmans that is a little bit more jaded a Who little do bit I more trust? Right. Yeah, paranoia exactly. i Younger. think that's a good way of doing it this is his his moment where it's like okay I can't trust anybody. You know what I'm saying? Now I, I really have to become this shadow in the dark. And it's in a perfect place too. Um, and then if you guys want to give any final thoughts, I'd love to move on to some Avengers stuff. But what I will say is that it can sit in a really good place where you still have a young Batman who's, who's kind of learning, but still has a few years of experience. Mm-hmm. But then you have the court of Owls coming along. You like, you could see like Robert Pattinson kind of, gaining confidence in his ability as the Batman, maybe being overconfident, and then this kind of shakes his arc entirely. If they end up breaking more down. movies, it can be a really good way to kind of lead into some other ones, kind of like in a similar sense how they did with Iron Man. We were talking about that earlier, but 
uh, when we were watching the All Hail the King one shot earlier, just to refresh our, our memory with that one. But it kind of reminds me of how in Iron Man 3, they, they really touched upon like Tony's PTSD. He had the panic attack and all that kind of stuff. Like after like Iron Man 2, after the Avengers, you had this character shaking event. And this could be something like that, that I think Pattinson can play really well. That's that's what I think. So I like the Court of Owls idea. I think that's a great idea. Matt Reeves, we always say this if you're listening. You're probably not. But if you are, well, boy, do we have an idea for you. What if they are listening? We're going to hashtag this, man. Matt Reeves, <laughs> Batman, Pattinson. Pattinson, all of it. Matt Reeves, man. Give us a call, dude. Give us a call. Hey, I we mean, what what's his about? name? Kevin Feige reached out to someone on Reddit, so. Right. It's Why not? It's not impossible. <laughs> but we'll see what happens with that. So, right. moving right along. All right. So, let's jump into what I'm sure is on many people's minds as we move past um, the Ben Affleck era of Batman. We're also moving past the big era in the MCU. We're moving past the Infinity Saga from DC Back tomorrow. Yes, because it kind of always ends up there. Sorry, DC. Yeah. It's kind of your fault that we always end up going back tomorrow because Marvel is freaking awesome. Um, but, but we love all comics on this on this podcast. Yeah, we definitely so, love all comics. Not Marvel zombies. We, we want to see DC start to succeed just as well as Absolutely. Because I would love to see a big world shaking five or ten years from now. End to a DC arc that actually an makes infinity sense. crisis. We'll see. I mean, yeah, not, not crisis, an, an infinite earth. Crisis, an infinite crisis. crisis. Yes, earth. You know, is the perfect. It's one of the most important comic book stories ever. Let me put in it to you any this way. comic book company. DC TV has already done Crisis on Infinite Earth. They're about to do another one. Aren't exactly. They? <laughs> Why can't the movies do this? I don't understand this. Maybe they need to get the craziest DC thing. TV did Crisis. They're coming. Yeah. The, that's the next. That's the next big event. Yeah, that's the next big event. Are you talking about the Arrowverse? Yes. yes. Okay, you got it. Because remember, DC TV also, or well, that's the DC app. Yeah. Well, I guess you're talking about like the yeah. I got confused. Those shows no, 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 no. DC TV in terms of Arrowverse. Arrowverse. Yes. Oh, okay. sorry. That's so, the, yeah. one of their next yeah, big so storylines. So exactly. Arrow ending. Now they have their streaming. Yeah. Tied into that. They have those. The monitor, right? Was it DC? Not the anti monitor, but they have the monitor. Yeah, that was the first thing that they rolled out. Ouch. Exactly. So DC TV, the Arrowverse, is killing it in terms of the storylines mm-hmm. because they're actually picking storylines that are that are relevant that people want to see. The movies, they're they're deaf to this. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And they're, again, they're rushing things, yeah. which is a theme, especially this week, with the TV side on HBO on the little TV show that we call Game of Thrones. Yeah. How they're rushing it. But again, I digress because we're not going to talk yeah, about we that. We can't spoil that for meta, man. Damn it. We can't spoil it for meta. But anyway. Get through it as fast as you possibly can. Yes, because, please. Because, in, well, shoot, after this weekend, that's it's going to be all that anyone talks about. I just have to say. For like, like the next couple of months. Yeah. You know? But like, I, I just have to ask this question because this is my thought you very never, quickly. You can never turn on your, your telephone. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Stay away from social media for the next few weeks. Otherwise, you're going to, like, people are going to go I'm gonna crazy. I'm going to see if we, if we can get you, like, a hut Especially, somewhere out in, in upper <laughs> New York or something like that. No, right? like, like, give me a world <laughs> where the universe can revere me as its savior. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> see, Walt apparently has seen some leaks about the final episode. So, yeah. listen, at this point, who cares? You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
You can't do that. I'm, 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 I'm going to say this, and, and I said this in the podcast before. If you look at Game of Thrones this season mm-hmm. as just a TV show on, on the merits of making a, an episode, they are very well done. Yes. Right? Yes. There's, it's still that, some of the better television you oh, can Oh, absolutely. See. Like that last episode, um, The Bells, mm-hmm. if, you, if you just look at it, as as a TV event and and all the work that that was put in, it is amazing because literally when I'm watching it, both me and my wife we were sitting there, and we were just in shock, yeah, of, about what was happening. And you know what? To elicit that type of emotion means that you're doing something right. Right. The problem that I have with this show, this season, and a last little bit of last too. season also, is the fact that. The storytelling has not been on point because it's taking things that characters would do, but you're not fleshing it out. Yes. Because you're rushing to the end. It's jump the dragon, so to speak. Exactly. Not the shark, you know? the dragon to a certain So extent. that's my it's only It's not problem. the level that it used to be. In but, and, and it's interesting because in our these last two seasons do not have the benefit of the books as right. source material. I mean... George R. R. Martin does consult with everything. Yes, absolutely. Everything. A- absolutely. So and if so anything, it's partially going to be on The him. ending is probably going to be very similar to the books because I believe, if, if I read this correctly, that both him and Benioff and Weiss, they discussed yeah. where they were going to get yes. to the end. But it's just, I have a feeling George R. R. Martin's going to take his time to get there. Exactly. Obviously, he's got two got whole books. freaking books to do it that exactly. are going to be probably longer than the previous books in the series. And even George R. R. Martin said... He wanted he wanted to make these 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 seasons longer. HBO said they wanted to make these seasons longer, mm-hmm. and they haven't done. Betty but you know what? We're not talking about yes. that. But I got into a rant because we were talking about rushing things, and that was the first thing that came out to my mind. So, um, but let's get back to we were talking about DC. Yeah, we're talking about Marvel, MCU. Sorry, post MCU, multiverses, all that good stuff. Um, what? direction do you guys see the marvel cinematic universe going in from here and i guess a couple of questions i have who are going to be the big villains do you see any big storylines that they can lead into i have no idea any cool reveals that are coming up for the next i i will say this we we do have confirmation that there is a multiverse happening okay okay and Mm -hmm. this was spoken to by the russos okay Mm -hmm. because of what um the at the end of the movie what captain america did and what Loki did. And what Loki did. Mm-hmm. Loki is alive. They have confirmed it. That there Loki is alive. That mm. Loki is alive. What's that? <laughs> Why are you mad? Because you all said he was dead. Why are you mad, son? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's not dead. The, the, the Loki yeah. from Our the Loki. original timeline is dead. But the Loki What's from that 2014. What's 9,900? The MCU is 9,999. No, but the MCU is different. 616 is the Marvel. The Marvel Comics universe, which they the confirm, MCU is which totally they confirm, different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's like nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah, 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 nine 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 nine. Yeah, I remember that Inglorious Bastards. Nine 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 nine. Nine 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 nine. Loki is dead, but we're getting a whole new Loki, and with the way that Loki plays around in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you could easily see him jumping his way into the MCU somehow. What's weird is that they've confirmed in the Far From Home. Mm-hmm. That the six one six is the actual real timeline. So the MCU is also a separate timeline from the 
from the original 616 I timeline. Don't, I don't know how this works. No, the 616 is supposed to be the MCU timeline now? also. Yeah. So they just totally threw away I that 99999 I think so. I think so. I'm going to look it up again because I remember reading that and I was like, wait a second. This, this doesn't make any type of sense. You know what I'm saying? You're you saying just that trolling the, us this whole time? I guess so. I don't. I have no idea. But they've already confirmed that there is going to be a multiverse, which is fine. Um, the thing about it is, um, and what's what's really really weird is if you listen to both the writers, mm -hmm. which um, I forgot what the guy's name is, um, what, uh, McFeely, McFeely, and, and Marcus? Marcus, yeah, and you listen to the Russos, they have two different versions of what Captain America did. Oh really? Which is totally the Russo, weird. The Russo say that he, he he not not that he um, goes back in time and then ends up moving forward into that point. They said he he comes back through time again from the timeline he created. I'm explaining that in a McFeely weird way. McFeely says you know that's not about, right. McFeely says that's not the case. McFeely said that he went back in time and then just aged into this. Yeah, which is universe, which that is if, make any sense. which that breaks if, everything they said in the movie. But you, but you listen to it; it's amazing because you have the writers and the directors of the same movie, and they're not on the same page on one of the biggest plot points in the movie. That is amazing to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is that just blows my mind because usually these guys are on the same page. Everything is, is thought about. They they're they're talking. Okay, this is gonna because for them to take page to print, you have to know what the characters are going to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're saying that the, the screenwriters have one vision and the directors have another vision, you know, how does that work in terms of the movie itself? Maybe there's a little you bit of misdirect going on there. Or maybe, like, you know what it, what it could be, too? Um, the Russos, excuse me, the Russos did mention in one of their most recent interviews, there's a really good interview that I read a little while back about some of the motivations behind what they did with characters in Endgame. But they did say this. Maybe maybe it's a kind of a difference in, in how forward-thinking you know, uh, Marcus and, and McFeely are versus the Russos because the Russos are done. They said they were happy to not have to think about the future of the MCU. Anymore, they may come back. Right? They may come back. And and that's actually the, something that I like to mention too, because if they do come back and they do what they what they said that they wanted to do, which is work with the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom, I think we might actually get an awesome Fantastic Four and an awesome Doctor Doom finally, because the Russos have not fumbled any of the characters they've done anywhere. They were awesome in the rest of development. They're awesome in the MCU. Everything that I've seen from the Russos has been top notch, top quality. And if they bring back their their team of screenwriters and Marcus and McFeely, I think we might finally get an awesome Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom movie. But I want to switch gears a little bit because Meta, um, I want you to talk a little bit about maybe flesh out that theory that you had in terms of who the next villain could be. You talked about it on one of the recent podcasts. Oh, the yeah. Podcasts. But if anything, you recalled it before anybody else did because you see that all over the internet in terms of like the appearance of Iron Lad in Endgame and how that ties into it. Why don't you jump in and tell us what one of your theories is for one of the next big bads in the MCU? Maybe not the overarching one the entire arc, but a really good big one. Please. If you could see me right now, you'd see me twirling my non-existent <laughs> mustache. <laughs> twirling your recently shaven mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you saw it here first. Okay. Heard. Yeah, we heard it here first for sure. Yeah, you did say it, it here first. On our, on our post-Endgame podcast uh, oh, yeah, from true. a few weeks ago. You did yeah. mention it. But yeah. Tell us a little bit more about it. Now that other people are jumping on your bandwagon, <laughs> 
Yes. Who do so, you think? I'm still leaning. I actually think Kang the Conqueror would be maybe not the next Thanos, but something yeah. close to that. He because I mean, you think about it. He's a time traveler. Not only is he a time traveler, he's a very well versed time traveler. Exactly. And the Avengers and whatnot have only begun to dabble in that. Mm-hmm. And, and in, so, and in some versions, a time protector. Yes. Yeah. He has so many different roles. Yeah, I character. was reading about that too. That'd be very interesting. I think I'd be more interested in seeing him as a time protector because given all of the timey-wimey stuff we saw, <laughs> like the the amount of stuff that happened like in Endgame, like what's her name? Gamora is out of time. Yes. Uh, Nebula killed herself. Yeah. Captain America <laughs> He screwed up the timeline. He did. He had to have by what he by his actions. I think the fact that they well, took the the stones screwed up the timeline. Period. And and also you know? like my my other question is, and then you can tell us a little bit more about it. But like, how the hell do you put the soul stone back? What happens? Do you like just hand it back to Red Skull? I thought that they the Russos and them said that once the soul stone is taken from Vormir, Red Skull can go do whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. So he probably left. So, like, I'm out of here, man. Like, screw this. I don't got to protect Soulstorm anymore. I'm going to go off into the universe and do whatever I want. And, and just Infinity think of it, think Watch it this movie. way. Yeah. Yeah, but think of it this way. The the, <laughs> the Space Stone, what was it encased? It was encased in the Tesseract. Yeah. Right? So you got to put the, it back the in the Mind tesseract. Stone was in Loki's staff. Uh-huh. You know, they went back just to bring the stones. They didn't put them in the exact place. At least we don't know that they did. And they didn't even know? go back to the Avengers timeline where Loki escaped. So, again, that's... I mean, I doubt he went back there because that's not where they got the well, Tesseract from. Mm-hmm. Did he go fix but that? They did go back to bring the mines... Did, was it the Mind Stone that they got from there, too? Yeah, but but if you think about it... like but Yeah, I know they, they never went after the Tesseract. getting the Tesseract there. So, does he go back and fix that? Probably not. Probably not. They probably gave up on that timeline entirely like a couple of dumbasses and then realized like, hey, we might have broken something. Yeah. Here's so... (laughs) They didn't put anything back the way it was. About Captain America, though, Mm -hmm. I don't think what exactly he did was messing up the timeline. Because if you think about it, he was already out of time himself. In a way, but like, but through like more, through without all the timey-wimey stuff, he was kind of out of time. Right, because yeah, he just got frozen. It's a little bit different, I guess. So, yeah. So, what my thinking there is, he's more self-correcting himself. It's possible. So, so, like by breaking off the timeline, because there's also another thing that I saw recently too, which is that somebody confirmed that Peggy Carter's kids always were Captain America. Yes, kids. I know. I, I heard that also, which is a little weird. that also breaks yeah. things breaks things for me because that's oh like no, some, we have a we have a Luke and Leia situation. It's Terminator <laughs> logic, also. It's Terminator logic. It's like how in the Terminator, John Connor sends a dude from the future to impregnate his mom and create him in the first place. Mm-hmm. We're almost in that territory. So. For for to to jump on like your Kang the Conqueror theory, 
I actually like your idea of him being a time protector and maybe not necessarily being a villain at first. You could introduce his villain aside maybe with a different reality or a different version of him. But maybe he's mad at the Avengers because they yes. broke the freaking timeline. And it works and well. And he's a protector, so maybe he's kind of a hero. And it works well. And the Avengers the... are a villain, yeah. in quotes. Villains, in quotes. And it, it, like I said, it works well because all of our villains in the MCU, they've always thought that they were doing the right thing. Exactly. You and you can make him complex and awesome now. Exactly, because he's coming back to quote-unquote fix the timeline that they screwed that the up. Avengers screwed up. You right. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, so my vision for Kang would be he'll start out with the small fry. I like, maybe we'll see him in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie because mm-hmm. they're where they have the most time-centric messed upness. I'll say, like, yeah, they, do. they have two anomalies, right? Yes. I think, though, if they add him to the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, that's going to be the most bloated piece of crap you've ever seen in your life because they have there's been rumors of what Moon Dragon, Drax's daughter mm-hmm. being introduced, um, the High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock. Like, how in the world are you going to fit all those guys in the movies well, and have Kang the Conqueror in there? That's where it's going to get a little crazy. I think the way you do Kang the Conqueror is the way you did Thanos. You kind of introduce him. You don't make him a main villain. You yeah. make him. You make him a subplot behind the scenes type of thing. Where it's he's the looming villain and stuff, you know what well, I'm saying? Yes. So is he mainly a Fantastic Four villain? Am I wrong in remembering that? He like, is a Fantastic he's Four been villain. In that's why he's been in a lot of different too. villains yeah. too. But like but he's, he's mainly introduced. Fantastic Four. Yeah. There's kind of a good place to introduce him too, if you think about it. You know, so you, I almost feel like they have to introduce the Fantastic Four at some point. They they don't even have to introduce the X Men, but I feel like the Fantastic Four have to get introduced within the next few years. To move forward in the MCU. So let, let's talk about that because there is a leak oh, out there. Oh, sorry. Continue, continue. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. You know? Continue with a little bit more of your Kang talk. Yes, we yes, got yes. off of our off topic. Way to off mention, topic. Like, if it's Guardians of the Galaxy 3, it's possible, but we're going to be having a bloated Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But I want to come back to that. James Gunn is capable, but like, what other thoughts do you have for the introduction of Kang? So my thing would be Kang is, like you guys said, he'd be a, I think I'm doing the right thing. But you know what? What if he actually is doing the right thing? That's what I'm saying. Like, he could be introduced as sort of a hero. Yeah, but not, but that's the thing. He won't look like a hero. Because what Kang is essentially trying to do is he's essentially trying to undo everything that the Avengers have done. Which might even be the snaps. The multitude of snaps. And then you're getting into some crazy timey-wimey territory. We had three snaps, right? Yes. We had the original Thanos snap, we had the Hulk snap, and then we had the Tony snap, right? So we had the three snaps. What? Yeah, you're right. Like, what can they do with a storyline where maybe Kang's whole MO is not evil, but it's like, I gotta fix all this mess that you guys made by snapping, going back in time, removing Infinity Stones from their timeline, Captain America going back and creating his no new past, Gamora out of time, Thanos dying in one timeline, coming from the past, dying in that same timeline again. Like, there's a lot for Kang to fix. And if you think about that, he could be, maybe if not the main villain, still one of the villains that goes throughout the entire five or ten year arc. Mm -hmm. Maybe the secondary villain, maybe you could have a Doctor Doom, uh, Galactus, somebody like that being the main villain. That's just, I'm just spitballing here, you know what I mean? But like, I think that there's a lot. It's it's really compelling to have Kang somehow be like sort of a through line 
through all these stories as a time protector because time is broken. It really is. Time, dimensions are broken. You could have a dynamic between him and Doctor Strange as the protector of reality. Like, there's so much that they can do interacting with other characters with, if you introduce Kang. And the other thing that, that I, I have to think about is we're talking about um, what's the, what the heck is that kid's name uh, <laughs> that, that shows up at the funeral? I can't remember his name. Uh, the story Iron now. Man 2 Kid. Yeah, the Iron Man yeah. 2 kid, or 3, 3, right? It was Iron Man three. 3. Oh, sorry, 3. The kid who comes back, why did they bring him back? Because if you look at the comics, he becomes he could become Iron Lad, right? That could be a good reason for him to return. And one of the realities in the comics, Iron Lad and Kang are like the same person. There's a lot you like that kid could be Kang the Conqueror for all we know, like in the in the future of the MCU. He could start as Iron Lad and then he could like go crazy or maybe like a future version of him, an alternate reality version of him could be the time protector that you're talking about and could really give us a compelling story for the next iteration, the next big arc in the MCU. Do you think that might work? Do you think him, or would that be too convoluted to introduce It'd Iron be, Lad as Kang and Kang as time protector and Kang as this other Kang I think and Kang it as would Kang. because because um, if we're talking about alternate realities, then that means there are three Kangs trying to do what's best for their own universe, for one. And then for another, because the whole purpose of Kang being there is to is to <coughs> reset and correct time. Yes. But now you have another one that's trying to protect his time, which the other one is trying to erase. There could be Kang-to-Kang conflicts going on over here. I mean, but yeah, that might be a little bit too much. That might be confusing for some people. But yeah. I don't know they managed to make this whole arc work. It could it could be something. I don't know. Other thoughts. So like who else could be a big villain? I want Ultron sure back. You. And I want my Ultron. Well, back. yeah, I, I didn't like James Spader as Ultron. I, I liked it. I I, was, I I like where they went with that, but I want cuz see, you know why I think it worked is because Ultron in the comics was completely inorganic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with the Mind Stone, you get into this weird territory. Where he, because it's not wholly inorganic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is sort of organic. Yeah. Too much personality. There's a consciousness to it. Like, there's a soul to him, if, yeah. you put it, if you could put it that way. I think they gave him too much personality because the, the Ultron that I think you like, right? Is, is the one more, from Next Avengers. Right, the one that's very focused, very robotic, very... You know, I'm going to destroy everything and stuff like that. I think that's the one that you like, right? Yeah, I want to see that come into view. You know what I think is a possibility, although I think it's an outside one? Because if you look at the comics, you have you have uh, the Infinity Gauntlet saga. Then you have, uh, what is it? I'm sorry, it's Infinity War. And then... Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity, yeah, so Infinity Gauntlet is the first one. Mm-hmm. And Infinity War. And then, I forgot what the last one is. The Infinites. But, is but it infinite? It's, it's infinity something because but I just like the second one is really where I'm focused on because mm-hmm. after the initial events of in the Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet, excuse me, in um in the comics, the second storyline introduces uh well you already have Adam Warlock, he's already in the first one, but you have Adam Warlock again in the second big infinity arc. You introduce what what is it? Kang is in it, okay? Doctor Doom is in it, Magus is in it. And if you're introducing Adam Warlock, Magus is the evil side of Adam Warlock, basically. He's his evil spirit. The third storyline actually deals with Adam Warlock's 
good side because just to break it down in the comics, what's different is Adam Warlock in, in Infinity Gauntlet Saga, he takes the power from Thanos, he takes the gauntlet, and then he purges good and evil from his consciousness, in his opinion, in order to be a better god, to judge things without judging them based on good and evil. So the evil side escapes and becomes the Magus, and he's the main villain of that second Infinity arc. So it's a very convoluted story, though, but it would be a way to introduce Kang. It would be a way to introduce Dr. Doom. It would be a way to reintroduce Thanos because Thanos is kind of the good guy in that second arc. He helps the Avengers. He helps the heroes to defeat the Magus. He helps Adam Warlock to defeat the Magus. So they would tweak it, sure, but I think that that might be kind of a great overarching overarching way to introduce all these awesome new characters that we want, bring Kang, bring this element where you have the the main thrust of the arc being uh, correcting, again, in quotes, all the bad that the Avengers did. And maybe they could make that a little bit more of the point instead of introducing the freaking Infinity Gauntlet again, which we already saw. Maybe it becomes more about like the timeline correction. Maybe it becomes more about what the Avengers broke. And then you could have Kang originally be a time protector, maybe eventually transition him to become a big evil. However, that would mean that Magus would be the big villain of the second arc. And that's where I'm a little bit iffy because Magus is actually a pretty cool villain. But can he carry an arc like a Thanos? I don't know about that. Uh, Doctor Doom can, but he's not the main—he's not the main guy in that arc. Uh, so I don't know. Do you guys think that that could work as a new storyline in this? Or well, I mean, does that sound a little too confusing? You have to read the comments, are, probably. But even if we are considering that, we're, we're also talking about the MCU, so it's—it would likely be adapted, not like you know. Piece yeah, for piece for piece they for would piece. definitely change it out a little bit. They would definitely switch some things over. I agree. But back to what you were saying about Kang, I think they can definitely pull him off as like a Thanos-esque character because... Oh, no, not, not Kang. Magus is the one I wasn't too sure about. I think Kang can oh, work. I think yeah. Kang can work. But they, they, no, finish, please finish the Because phone. the way I see it, it would start out with the little things. Mm -hmm. You'd see little things start changing across the world. And then once they oh, get like bigger and bigger and bigger scenes, right? and bigger... Uh -huh. That's when they start noticing it, and that's when they say, okay, this guy's going to be a problem for us, mm -hmm. but is it really going to be a problem for the universe? Yeah, because he's trying to correct things. <clears throat> okay, yeah, like, I think that we kind of all agree that it would be at least awesome to have Kang involved somehow. I think having him as a through line, even if he's not the main villain, he can be a really awesome, like, foil to the main villain. He could be somewhere in the middle. I think playing him somewhere in the middle might be a good way to go with the storyline. But we have a lot to talk about in terms of maybe tying it into the movies that we know are, are almost confirmed to come out. Walt, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've seen there? So, so a couple of days ago, there was um, a you know one of these leaks that the internet is famous for. Um, it deals with phase, what is this, phase four now, right? It would be phase four. We're jumping into second, phase four, right? Second big arc. So we know a couple of movies are definitely coming out. Um, we know that the Black Mo Black Widow movie is, I believe, already in production, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have we have some confirmation that Shang Chi is going to Shang Chi is going to come out. Um, Black Shang Chi, Pan Shang -Chi. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bruce Lee of the Marvel universe, right? 
with the possibility, by the way, we must mention of the Mandarin finally revealing himself as Shang-Chi in, in the Shang-Chi movie. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So we have at least two movies that are semi-confirmed. They, they they're not going to confirm anything until after Spider-Man. Yes. And most likely what's going to happen is that it's not going to be... There's two, there's two places where I think Marvel Studios has a chance to reveal the next slate. Um, so Spider-Man comes out in July, I believe. So you've yes. got you've got the San Diego Comic Con coming up very very shortly after that. That's a possibility where they they can drop their slate of movies or at least start announcing some of the movies because right now they've shied away from doing that because they said it was a potential spoiler for the end of Phase Three. Right. right. Um, the other instance that I see them doing it is at their D twelve event, and I believe that's in October. I think, or actually no, it, it may be even. Closer to that, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I gotta check that out. But I think that's where they're gonna do it because the San Diego Comic Con is way too close to Far From Home. It's literally like a week afterwards, mm -hmm. and they want to let Far From Home kind of simmer a little bit, right? Without having to have people start talking about Phase Four. So that being said, mm -hmm. we definitely know that the Black Widow movie is coming. Yes, we definitely know that Shang Chi is Shang Chi is coming. Right, Black um, Panther two. Black right? Panther two hasn't been confirmed yet, but there are strong rooms along with Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Right, Captain Marvel two, I believe, is one of the Captain other Marvel ones two. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. three is most likely a definite thing. We know that they're working on it. We know there's a script on it. Yeah, it's so, just a matter of when. Right, when and whenever James Gunn's done with the actual, Squad, an actual confirmation of where these things lie. But the, the one that really, really interests me is The Eternals. Mm -hmm. That movie is a very interesting... Out of all of these movies, for me, that is the most interesting one. Um, I'm going to tell you this ahead of time. I'm not too familiar about The Eternals, but I checked them out really, really quick. Well, the um, cast is looking pretty cool so far. You got Angelina Jolie, mm -hmm. uh, Kumail Nanjani, who's a good actor and a really good comedian. Um, and Richard Madden, uh, Rob Stark, yes, of uh, Game of Thrones, is actually going to be in it also. Oh, so, cool! And yeah. He's a pretty, he's a pretty good actor in that you've seen, I'm sure. So he might bring something. He's really got a cool great Netflix uh, TV show. If you I ever heard about chance, it, but I haven't seen The Bodyguard. Yet. You should watch it. It's really, really good. Um, but the Eternals is an interesting thing because the Eternals touch upon so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, the Eternals. Honestly, you're talking about Kronos and Thanos and the Deviants and, and the homeworld of Titan. You've got that storyline that they're involved in. Um, it ties into a lot of other you've things, got, too. You've got the Krees and the Skrulls because they work on mutations. Mm -hmm. They created, basically, the Krees and the Skrulls. The Inhumans tie into you know, that, too. The Inhumans tie. Yeah, you can get your Black Bolts in there. And that would be, Black Bolts is a character that's almost screaming. Listen to the word. No pun intended. To be introduced. Yeah, to but listen to the word. They work... They, they have experiments that lead to super-powered mutations in humans. Mm -hmm. Mutations. So X-Men is what X -Men. we're looking at here. One of, one of the characters that they, they've encountered is Apocalypse. We've seen Apocalypse in the Fox version of the X-Men. But again, you're, these are all little things that tie back to these characters through the Eternals. It makes it cosmic. It, it gives you the opportunity to introduce the X-Men. It gives you the opportunity to get into the the Kree Scroll War. 
Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that these Eternals are, are touched. There's Look even Greek gods involved with, with them. You know what I'm saying? One of the big things for me, too, is like this can't be understated because in the comics, Black Bolt ends up kind of creating a lot of Inhumans on Earth because he releases the Terrigen Mist. That's mm -hmm. Thane's origin in the comics. He's, mm -hmm. he's kind of a hidden character on Earth. He knows he's the son of Thanos. But he's trying to hide. And one of the storylines, this particular storyline, Thanos is looking for all of his children to kill them. He's a black Thane to yeah. kill him. Mm -hmm. But in, in like a part of the storyline, again, like I said, is Black Bolt releases the Terrigen Mist on Earth. And the Inhumans that were kind of dormant in their powers, they emerge. Like the guy, this normal human looking dude turns into Thane. So like what if they tie that also into the origin of the X-Men? Something Terrigen Mist-like unleashes the powers of the X-Men. You're probably, I think Walt's probably right on this one. I don't know if what you think about the meta, but, and there's definitely still a chance to introduce Kang the Conqueror, but if you look at the slate of movies that are confirmed, again, in quotes, so to speak, coming out, it's the Inhumans and all hard. that is kind of going to be probably really, really what's going to set up a lot of this next storyline, because they're so huge. Not the Inhumans, the, the Eternals. The Eternals. They're such a huge part, especially of the cosmic stuff that they're looking to get into in the and next they're, they're eternal. They're not, mean, they're not immortal. I mean... They're not, you know, they're demigods. Long. They're demigods, right? But, but they do die. Yes. You know? Well, that's I mean, that's the demigod, right? That's like half god, right? Exactly. Half kind of mortal. And, right? and apparently, they can breed with humans, but the humans stay human. Yeah. Not, there's not an instance where, you know, <laughs> they, they inject they them with inhuman genes, or, right? Exactly. Or, or eternal genes. They've or had like they've that. had encounters with Thor, which goes into Guardians of the Galaxy three. Asgardians, you know what I'm saying? Asgardians, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's funny because I'm reading here, um, he's encountered them before, but they've had they've erased his mind to kind of have him forget about that stuff because how they're so they exactly. So, you know, the Eternals. That's really interesting to me because they they reach out to so many different properties in the Marvel universe, um, and you know, I I, I don't know where the storyline goes with this. You know what I'm saying? But I know that some way, shape, or form, it seems like the Eternals are going to be integral to this. You know, going forward. All right. Otherwise, why would they even be introducing the Eternals? Why would yeah. there be an Eternals movie? Like, not that the Eternals isn't a popular comic book, but it's not the most popular. Listen, I, I'm I'm not familiar with the Eternals <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to be really, really honest with that. Yeah, but I mean, there's so much that comes from it. If you go into exactly, that story. You like know? again, Thanos and Thane and the Inhumans and like so much stuff just comes out of the Eternals as characters. You know what I mean? And like you said, Apocalypse. You know what I mean? There's so much that can be done with that. Yeah. Um, I guess my my one of my big questions is maybe this is like a final thought. There's been rumors that a lot of people think that Mysterio is lying about the multiverse. I don't think that's the case. I think maybe he might be misleading people about it. But I think if you don't introduce the multiverse at this point, you're you're losing a lot of storytelling opportunity in the MCU. I think they really have to introduce it. I think he's Maybe. lying. I think he's lying about the nature of his character. Oh, please! I, he's know. behind all of those huge lumbering. Yeah, yeah. They're probably special effects. That's what he does. It could be. Could be. You know, uh, or it could be a rift mm -hmm. where where they flow in from his universe, and he could be telling the truth about that. It's just in his universe, he's not really a hero. Maybe they're heroes. You know? in his and universe. you never know. Uh, maybe this is him working with the Skrulls. Maybe. Peter, um, Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, that's not actually him. 
that's possibly true. You know. Also, but I had. Why would they be on Earth? Why would they be? That's a good. That, I mean, that's the question that we have to ask when we when we get closer to Far From Home because Far From Home is going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's going to be. Know? I mean, besides the Eternals, I guess this is the big thing that's going to set up the next arc. Right. Right? I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, it might not be a huge, like, earth-shattering end of the movie setup, but you can. there's going to be some threads from Far From oh, absolutely. Home that are going to tie to new stuff. We're in a weird place because usually with the MCU, we, we kind of know where we're going. We have no idea where no we're idea. going right now. You know, the Infinity Saga is over. Um, we've, we've seen <laughs> the trailers from, from Far From Home. They are all over the place, right? So um, it's going to be interesting. Do you guys want to put some money on this? I'm... I'm actually, and I know this sounds crazy, I'm banking on them at least hinting. And you, you what you said about how there's no Spider-Man movies planned coming up. Yeah. I, actually, this also begs the question, who owns the rights to this particular Spider-Man? But do you have any idea or do you have any thought maybe well, if Miles Morales might get semi-introduced in Far From Home? No. I, I, so? I, I got multiverses? Oh, no, 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 no. I, you know what? This is this is my thing, and it saddens me to think. Mm -hmm. But I believe this is the last movie that um, the that um, Marvel and Sony agreed upon to have Spider-Man in. Spider-Man still is owned by Sony. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. and you can see it because they're starting to build their Sony verse, Spider verse, Spider verse type. Morbius, thing. I believe, is the next movie on their slate. Yeah, you're Venom. You know, you got Spider-Man again into the Spider verse. Yeah. There's a part of me that thinks this is the last time we're going to see Peter Parker in the MCU. That's such a waste of Tom um, Holland, man. No, no, but well, I guess not, he'll be in his Sony. He'll be in the Sonyverse, separate from the MCU. Exactly. Now we're getting into some weird territory. Because you know what? Sony, That's Sony, why there's alternate universes, so he can go universe hopping into the Sonyverse. <laughs> find <laughs> Peter Parker somewhere. Oh my gosh! Imagine. But you know what? Sony Sony's kind of found the 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 right formula for this because you saw what happened with Venom. Not the greatest movie, but a lot of people liked it. Yeah, people watched but it. It made a lot of money, right? You, you can make the argument that Into the Spider Verse was probably the best Spider Man movie we have ever gotten. Yeah, you know I, what can, I'm saying? I can somewhat agree with that because I really like that movie. And the guys that uh, Lord and Miller, they've been hired by Sony to oversee. The Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yes, this is true. So I don't know if it's on the TV side, the movie side, it's not clear. But obviously they're going to put a big emphasis on the Spider-Verse on the Sony side. It would only make sense to say, you know what, Tom Holland, you're coming back to us. You know, um, That's the future of the Sony Spider-Man. Right, universe. exactly. It kind of screws up the MCU because, you know. How do you remove him entirely? Exactly. I, I just, just told you. That. Yeah, I, I, those I universe hopping. I think, that, I think that Meta is just going to end up, like, writing the whole, like, exactly. next arc. Not, like, officially, but he's gonna, you're going to predict everything. That's how I kind of feel about this right now. Because that King the Conqueror thing was, like, a really good spot-on idea. Yeah, and everybody's on that right now. Yeah. Like, everybody's on Everybody's that jumping right. on your idea that was initially introduced right after Endgame. You heard it here first. I don't know, guys. Do you have any final thoughts about where things are going to go? Uh, or do we kind of feel like no that's idea. all we got right now? I think Only a... time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> very, that'll, be the next, that'll be the next thing. Very, very true. I agree. Okay. So that's what we got. We're about as clued in to what's going to happen with the MCU in the next five or ten years as like I, anybody on Earth. I think I'm sobering up a little bit now. <laughs> it's a little too late. It's too late, man. It's too late. It's too late. Meta led the conversation. 
he had all the awesome theories. None of us, nobody else here knows what we're talking about. We're, yeah. we're way too drunk at this table to figure anything. Yeah. Um, but look, that's what we got, guys. I want to thank. Huh? What's that? Ninety-four proof. Huh? Ninety-four proof. <laughs> you only had one. I don't know how this happens. I don't know. It usually works a lot exactly. better. Exactly. Usually, I could I could down like ten of these and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. It's just been a long. I day. do have a it's headache, a so maybe day. that that could be you know in there and please, stuff. Please excuse I don't Walt, know. and let's just give it up for the MVP of this week, Meta, for his fantastic theories. Like I said, when Kang the Conqueror shows up, you're all going to be worshiping at this guy's feet. <laughs> um, so that's it for us, guys. We want to thank you as Woo! always for joining us on an awesome podcast Woo! again. Meta, thank you very much for some really awesome theories. We're going to see how that turns out. Only time will tell, my friend. Um, once again, guys, as always, like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram at Pop Culture Over Pizza. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, as always. Um, and we want to thank you again for joining us for this awesome conversation about the future of the MCU. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going to happen as well, because nobody knows, guys. So signing off from the Pop Culture Over Pizza crew, I am Jose. This is Lightweight Walt, 94 Proof. <laughs> Metatron, bidding the adieu. The Prophet Meta. And as always, my friends out there in the internet, stay geeky. Hashtag Battinson. <laughs>